0: Doan University is celebrating the inauguration of its 13th president, Dr. Roger Hughes, who joins me this morning on ko Wars Lincoln Live. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. How does the campus look today compared to when you graduated in uh, 1982 when the campus was known as Doan College?
1: Well, there's not as many dinosaurs as there used to be, but uh, but uh, it's it's much more modern, many more buildings, uh, <clears throat> and uh, it's we've always had a beautiful campus. Mm-hmm. And so uh Coming back here, it took me a little while to find my way around. We have a brand new science building, a new education building, and uh, the student union type deal has been reconfigured. So there's some changes, but uh, but it's still the same Doan College, now Doan University as it was.
0: In preparing for our conversation here, I found myself calling you coach in my head more than Mr. President of, of Doan University. So for background purposes, uh dr hughes has 40 years or so of coaching experience uh including a stint as a graduate student with former husker head coach tom osborne that's a
1: good place to start a lot of learning going on there trust me I, I didn't realize you know how how good i had it so to speak but i was sitting in a room with some of the best football minds around the country and of course what coach osborne did for nebraska and how he continued bob's uh, bob devaney's run and then his innovation. He doesn't get enough credit for all the innovation that he brought to the game. And it was so much fun to just be in that room listening to all the ideas uh, being exchanged. He is so quiet about it.
0: He, he goes about it in such a cerebral way that I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Some of what he does gets lost
1: in the silence. Well, yeah. <clears throat> For example, the counter trade play that the Redskins ran, we ran it at Nebraska way before they did. And they came out there to learn to play when Joe Gibbs was our coach. And one of the things that you you probably may not show, because he didn't outwardly show it a lot, but Coach Osmore was one of the most competitive people I've ever been around. And he would find ways to, to get better every day. And he'd find ways to make the team better every day. And the thing was, he had a great level of patience. He understood that when you're dealing with young kids between 18 and 22, there are teachable moments. And he always tried to put what was best for the player first from a standpoint, not of being on the field, but more importantly, what he was doing for his life and how he was getting ready for a career after sports. And so I was, and I, what I didn't realize is I didn't realize how much I learned or took from him until I became a head coach. And then I sat there and I go, Oh, now I get why he made this decision. And now I understand what he was thinking here. And so probably his legacy didn't pr- pr- pronounce itself in me until I became a head coach and then realized why he did a lot of the things he did.
0: Don't see any college or university administration experience on your resume, Dr. Hughes, all all coaching. So what attracted you off the field and into an administrative position?
1: Well, <clears throat> I'd actually interviewed for the job 10 years mm-hmm. ago and uh, I was at a hiatus. I'd been fired at, at the University of Princeton and uh, and was looking for that next opportunity and it was kind of intriguing, you know, cause, cause not many football coaches have become college presidents. I think there's one right now, a sitting president at Youngtown state, which was Jim Tressel at Ohio state. And he actually was a Dean at Akron before he went there. So there'd been no really coach go directly from coaching into the academic world. And <clears throat> I always loved the academic world early in my careers. I was doing my, finishing my doctorate at Nebraska. I was very much into the research, very much into teaching. And I was uh, had actually interviewed at the University of Chicago for a tenure-track position in their exercise phys area. And and so I asked the chairman of the department during the interview, um, you know, how many contact hours do you have a week with students? And he said, two. He said, I, I, if you won't let me count my office hours, it's two. And I just thought to myself, the impact that you can have on young people, I didn't feel I could have the same impact that was on that I had, the same experience I had, for just two hours a week. And so... I went, that's why I went into the coaching, because in coaching, at least you get roughly 20 hours a week, and you can have a much more substantial impact, I thought, on young people's lives and their thinking. And so uh, so that's why I went into the coaching route.
0: You mentioned you applied 10 years ago. That didn't work out. You then went on to, was it Stetson University in Florida? That's correct. All right. As head coach there. And you said that made you a better presidential candidate. How so? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it was a unique situation because we were... Um, Starting a football program from scratch. So it hadn't been in place for 56 years. And so uh, f- the enormity of football, you know, we were going to have 120 players on our team, uh, requires a lot of logistics and planning with many different parts of the university. So I had to talk with admissions, financial aid, uh, obviously student assistance, um, our writing center, uh, housing. And, I, and by working with all those different facets of the university, I became a much more uh, inept or much more adept into what. A university does the business side of the university what it takes to run a whole organization like this and i was very lucky because the then president wendy libby who was in her second year really treated me a lot like a vice president so i was in on all the meetings for planning and had a very uh, large input on that and through that experience i became much more familiar with how a university operates and frankly what the role of the president is in that operation uh, so I, I just really felt that i was much more prepared and a much better candidate the second time around which really means that you know things happen for a reason. And, and so I really firmly believe that I've had the Stetson experience to prepare me for this one, and, and so far so good.
0: When I take a couple of weeks of vacation, I find myself listening to the radio just because that's what I do for mm-hmm. a living. Now that you're out of football, uh, uh, d- do, do you want to go and watch practice? Do, <laughs> does, does it tug at you at all, or are you over
1: that? No, no, no. It it tugs at me every day. I mean, the relationship with the players and relationship with the coaches is something that I miss greatly because I always prided myself on getting to know our kids very well, and and hopefully could help them for life beyond football. But the very first day I was here, football practice was going on, and I promised the head coach I would try to stay out of his way and not make him feel like someone was looking over his shoulder. So I got to the very top tier of the top sta- top tier of the stands, and <clears throat> I was watching practice, and all of a sudden a receiver kind of took the wrong step, and I took one step down. And then a quarterback took the wrong drop and I took another step down. Within about 30 minutes, I'm on the field yelling at people. And then I realized that, you know, I'm not the head coach anymore. I can't do that. And so I I found the head coach on the field. I said, Chris, I'm so sorry. I told you I'd never do this. But your quarterback better take a better step and your wide receiver better do this. And so, uh, and then I've also gone out to practice when uh, the offensive line coach was doing drills. And he asked me to come back over and, and show some of the footwork that I thought they were doing. They were getting their their shoulders too far over their front feet for pass protection. And so the defensive linemen were just grabbing them and swimming them and getting right by. And so I dropped all my, all my books and I had my coat and tie on and I'm out there demonstrating a, a pass drop, so to speak, almost ripped my pants out, but it was really fun to watch the players. Uh, the students kind of go, Whoa, this guy actually knows something about football. And, uh, Now they're starting to ask when you're coming out to practice, you know, when you're going to come by that stuff. And that's pretty gratifying that they want you to come out there and watch a little bit. How do you transfer
0: that then to being an administrator of a college? How do you, if you were on the top tier of the bleachers watching Doan University, Mm -hmm. what would make you come
1: down those bleacher steps? Well, coaching is coaching. Leadership is leadership. And so I'm still coaching. I'm just coaching a different part of the university. Hmm. I'm coaching the vice presidents. I'm coaching, uh, hopefully coaching the faculty a little bit and trying to bring the team together to function just like any organization would. And so um, a lot of the thought processes are very similar. Uh, You still want to get the best out of your people. And essentially what we do is is we wake up, my leadership team wakes up thinking two thoughts every morning. The first one is complete the mission. And the mission has two parts, get better every day and make someone else better every day. And the second part is, the second thing is take care of the team. And so I'm still observing from afar, trying to to maybe, hey, have you tried this? Can we do this? I'm more uh, trying to generate an atmosphere where ideas can be exchanged and then we can come up with it through the debate. We can come up with the best idea to go forward for the university. Now, there's also some things You know, the hard part for me is as a coach, I'm used to making a decision every 25 seconds, higher education doesn't move quite that quickly. And and you have some autonomy as the head football coach, when you tell your assistant, Hey, go do that. And it's done where, you know, when you're dealing with other entities, you know, sometimes the faculty don't like to do up downs or don't like to run gassers. And so it's hard, it's hard to to hold them accountable. But I've been very blessed that the faculty staff and and the administration that was remained here have been very patient with my learning curve because The enormity of the job is pretty substantial. We have 400 employees and almost 2,800 headcount students that you're responsible for. And each day, each night, I go to sleep trying to figure out how can I make their experience better and wake up each morning to to figure out what we can do to avoid any any concerning issues, so to speak. So it's the enormity can get to you, but you kind of like with every job, you kind of grow into it.
0: Help me understand something that you said. If I do my job really well, no one will miss me when I'm gone. What did you mean by that?
1: Well... Truly, if I'm a true leader, what you want to be doing is good leaders produce more leaders. And so if I'm doing my job correctly, what I should be doing is empowering those people that I'm leading so that they can do my job better than I do. And so frankly, uh, a true test is what you want to do is you want to see there two, there's really two types of leaders. There's an egocentric leader where everything is about the leader. And there's a principle-centered leader, which is what I try to be, where you base, you base your decision based on principles and values and so what happens was with the egocentric leader every time they walk out of the room the organization stops because no one can make a decision without him <clears throat> what i want to do is make people decision makers so that they hopefully can become college presidents going forward or at minimum can run their part of the organization uh, without me being around to look over their shoulder. so uh, that was actually a question that was asked in the interview and, I, and they asked what's your legacy and i said well number one i want to leave it better than i found it which i've done pretty much everywhere i've been and number two, if I really do my job, it's, it's not about me. It's about the organization. It's not about me. It's about the people that I lead. And they'll always be number one. And so if we can convey that type of attitude and instill that value, I think the organization has a chance to run much better.
0: Finally, sir, if we talk again in a year, what would you like to have seen accomplished?
1: Whoa. Well, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not one to... Uh, to back off from a challenge so to speak but and, and again going back to my coaching where i want everything to happen right now you know we should have done a major thing just to help in our enrollment and, and improve our enrollment we should do major things to help the student experience here uh, to make sure that they're uh, having the type of experience they want and, and the unique thing is coming in after covid nobody really knows what the new normal is going to be so trying to figure that out and trying to meet the needs of our students which we call clients I've got to get the alumni energized and going to help our students get internships and opportunities for jobs, because no university can be strong without a very strong and active alumni association. And so we need to get them back in the fold, making sure they're given opportunities for our graduates. And then lastly, we're gonna be starting a comprehensive campaign to do some improvements, both in our buildings. Uh, Obviously we need some endowment for scholarships or from faculty development. And I also have to help the faculty transition from what universities are now to what they're going to be eight to nine years down the road you'll find that there's only about 20 percent of all college students want the residential experience being on a campus many of them now want online things or want opportunities to get a degree around their schedule or many many of their adult learners going back after they had some children in the family and want to retool up to get a different career so we've got to be able to adjust to that because we serve every type of client out there but we've got to make sure that we're devoting the resources that, that each of them warrant to make sure each part of the university can get better.
0: Well, I feel good about this conversation, Dr. Hughes. And the reason is my fear was that it wouldn't be up to your standards and you'd make me run killer drills.
1: That's, uh... Well, Well, trust me, I'm going to be up there. I'll find out where okay. you are. And, and I'll be watching the film. Trust me when I tell okay. you here. So if I see some glitches, we'll call you back and get these okay. fixed. Well, this has been fun. Thank you, sir.
0: Very, very much. Dr. Roger Roger Hughes, it is my pleasure, Dr. Roger Hughes, the newly inaugurated president of Doan University, my guest on Lincoln Live.